0: all right welcome to another segment of the cash geeks network today i am bringing on a good friend of mine now um we're part of a part of a mastermind and this guy always knows how to get the answers out of you by questioning everything and i love i love lawrence for this so let's let's just bring him on what what's going on gonzalo how are you doing what's up man so really quick. appreciate you having me on here i want to give a quick context yeah man thank you so much for doing this uh so lawrence is a master in facilitating mastermind rooms and what i think he does best is just asks the right questions right so i want to get into how that has helped your business lawrence but really quick for people who don't know who lawrence is you're out of south florida well i guess when I say South Florida, everybody thinks Miami, right? Um, yeah. but you're you're in Tampa, right? Tampa, yep. Tampa. Correct. I'm in Tampa. And you uh, so just just tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so my name's Lawrence Malloy. Obviously, I've been in the business uh, for 20 years. This is my 20th year in business doing real estate investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I own several real estate related businesses. So I own the uh, Orlando REA Group, the Real Estate Investors Association. It's called Go REA. So uh, own that as well as uh, I own a scaled out business in Tampa. Uh, we do a lot of business. We do buying, selling, rehabs. We do wholetailing. We do a little bit of wholesaling. We have rental properties, long-term rentals, short-term rentals, creative seller finance. There's a lot of different things that I do in that business um, as well as I also have a real estate license as well. So there's another you know, avenue that we have a team. That does that. So, uh, yeah, do quite a bit of things Um, in this business. Wrote a book on real estate investing a few years ago called The uh, Art of the Acquisition. It's on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, uh, I help run one of the best masterminds for real estate investors in the country, which is called Boardroom. And uh, my buddy Ken Clothier owns that and I help him facilitate it. And uh, we have a great time with that. It really is. Uh, something that I really enjoy doing. So that's how me and you met.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm happy you brought that up, man. Because I think that masterminds is definitely a, a key to ensuring your success. Right? Is is if, if you want to be serious about your success, then get yourself in a room with people who have already achieved what you want to achieve. And that's going to, I don't want to say ensure, but or guarantee, but it's definitely going to help you out um and 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 help you move quicker and and get to where you want to be faster so yeah,
1: it's, it's an insurance policy so you yeah. you kind of nailed it i mean essentially if you're around a bunch of people that are doing the same thing that you're doing a lot of times like when you're at home in Jacksonville or wherever you're at Tampa or wherever people are at across the country, you know, sometimes if you're a real estate investor, it's like you're on an Island and there's no one else kind of around you for you to pick people's brain, ask them questions. You know, what's the market doing? How do I pivot? There's a lot of information out there, but there's very little insight. So people go to masterminds to get that insight and make sure, you know, if you're banking on your business succeeding over the next several years, you're getting yourself in a mastermind around people that are doing what you're doing. It's going to help you shorten your learning curve. Help you make the right pivots at the right time. It's going to ensure that your business keeps on moving forward, and you know, growing. So it's uh, right. a lot of people will do it just like you said
0: it. So, yeah, no, awesome. So, so you, I, I know that you have right now. Um, I, I just want to get into some into some real estate talk. You have some high end luxury Airbnbs, right? Yeah. Yep. So um, I'm I'm in the Airbnb industry as well, or short-term rental industry as well, right? And there is a mixture of, I guess, properties that can be short-term rental, right? And there's the really nice houses on the beach, on the water, and then there's regular homes that people just uh, short-term rental in re- normal neighborhoods, right? And so you have majority of your short-term rentals, or if not all of them are the high-end luxury stuff, right?
1: They are their high-end properties and they're in beach communities. I think one of the biggest things for Airbnb properties is uh making sure you're purchasing them in the right locations. Um just because you could doesn't mean you should. So hypothetically just because you can buy something in a in a neighborhood that has no deed restrictions and there's no HOA, things like that doesn't necessarily mean you should, because sometimes it could ruffle the neighbor's feathers if it's not being managed properly. Uh, so that's something that you really have to be aware of.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I feel like there has been some sort of, uh, I guess, dip, slow down in the short term rentals but it feels like it's picking back up. Are you seeing the same thing? How, how is the, the Tampa? I don't think
1: there's necessarily been a dip. I don't say it's a dip. I just think that there's more properties coming on the market. So there's more for people to choose from another thing that is, another thing that's happening is as the market has the economy shifted, you know, that's just slowed people down a little bit from traveling. Uh, but we don't necessarily, like, I haven't seen a dip in the areas that I'm buying in. Why? Because I buy in vacation areas. People aren't going to stop vacationing. And because of COVID, there's been such a pent up, um, want or desire for traveling that, uh, people want to travel. And I'm very particular in kind of what I buy, making sure that it's in a highly desirable area that people want to visit year round. I'm in Florida. We have... You know, wintertime is snowbird season, or, you know, people come down here to escape the snow and the cold. And then in the summertime, people come down here to vacation for, you know, uh, spring break and they come down here to vacation for summer break and family vacation. So I'm very intentional at where, you know, I buy these properties. What's crazy is along the way, there's so many opportunities that I, you know, passed up so I can buy a better asset in the area that I want to buy it in. And it's really starting to pay off.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's huge. And I think that that's scary, right? Like, for most investors, it's easy. Like, for me, it was easy to buy Airbnb or short term rentals in the way that I did it because, you know, I bought a $200,000 property, right? So it's it's a little less scary on like, will this work? Will the numbers, you know, I, I hear people doing it, but are people actually going to pay these crazy numbers to make the the uh, house worth it? And um, it's a lot easier to think, hey, I bought this $200,000 property and my monthly payments are 1100 bucks. So if it doesn't work on, on short term, I'll just throw a tenant in and call it a day, right? And so it's easier to pull the trigger and get started. And that's why I feel like at least here in Jacksonville, a lot of people have shifted to those and have kind of stayed away from the high end luxury stuff um and so i think think there's a moment in time for everything you know
1: uh depending on where you're at in your business you know i've been in the business for 20 years so you know maybe where i'm at and my business venture is different than maybe you know some other investors that are coming in the business yeah Uh, for you in particular what i want to say is is it really worth your time effort and energy to buy that $200,000 asset in the amount of management that's involved in managing an Airbnb because this is where a lot of people go wrong at is they're like I could do this property Airbnb and they don't realize how labor intensive it is to manage an Airbnb properly so that you're not disrupting the neighbors so that you're actually taking care of the guests that are there because essentially you're running a hotel at the end of the day so If you buy this $200,000 asset, is it going to be rented out enough and bring enough revenue for you to be on 24 seven or your team or whoever it is and going through all the motions of restocking, cleaning issues, bookings, just all the things that, you know, come around with owning a short-term rental. So for me, I bought the luxury ones because it had to be worth my time. Like I had to make enough money for me to say, Hey, this is even
0: worth my time. Right? No, that's huge. And I'm happy you brought that up because... I feel like you have to be careful with short term because there's a lot of uh, managers out there and sometimes the managers, right? It's not just like long term rentals where there's a ton of managers, everybody's decent or can be decent or whatever, right? Like with, with the short term rental, the manager is huge. If you're going to outsource to a manager and if you do, they're not charging the you know the 10% that you you uh, get charged when you're when you're uh have have a long term rental right they're charging way higher numbers and so yeah, it's, it's like
1: 15
0: to 20% gross yeah and so it does start to become passive but at the end of the month right you have to look at that number like okay the, the property's making a shit ton of money and that's awesome right but when it's coming down to my pocket um to your point right doesn't make you, sense. You're really going to charge like 35% at the end of Let's say
1: someone charges you 20% hypothetically gross, but the time, by the time you have to do restocking the house, sheets, towels, soap, detergents, whatever else, maintenance, repairs, little issues, all the things when you look at it, like, wow, you know what? I, I made a thousand dollars from this booking, but at the end of the day, like, I had to pay 20% of that gross, and then I had to pay all this other stuff extra and fees. And now I'm really getting left with this little thing. You yeah. know, is it, once again, that's why I say, is it worth your time, effort, and energy? Because at the end of the day, now you have all the risk, all the liability, and anything goes wrong, it falls on you. So right. I like it other ways for you because, you know, for the tax savings, that's yep. a great thing for the equity, you know, appreciation. I like that. So there's other ways that you, you know, win, obviously, with any type of rental properties but you really really have to just understand your numbers before you just jump in when ever I talk to people or I teach or I consult or whatever else it's not just hey do this do this do that it's like hey be careful for these things so you don't make you know a fifty thousand dollar mistake or a hundred thousand dollar mistake so that's just as important to me what to do and what not to do as well
0: yeah no that's huge and and as far as your real estate journey as as a realtor right uh because i know that right now i'm seeing a lot of like back in the day or when i say back in the day pre pre pre-fed rate hike right um you you most wholesalers investors never or there there's been a, a good amount of people who have always tried to work retail side right figure out How can I make convert these leads into the retail side? It hasn't become it hasn't been as big of a thing as I'm seeing now. Right. Right now, a lot of people are having to pivot. A lot of people are having to change up their model to maximize their leads more. Right. And so a lot more people are just from what I've seen on social media and stuff like that, right, are starting to focus on converting their leads to retail. Right. And I know that you've always talked about it right When oh. in all of our groups. And you guys like, guys, why are you not doing this it's a fucking waste of money, waste of time for you not to do this? And so can you can you talk a little bit about that? Because a lot of my listeners and viewers are wholesalers um, who. Probably question all the time, should I build a small retail little thing referral how would i go about doing that how would i entice realtors to work my leads and i'm selfishly asking myself also
1: i know i know we're all i know where all your questions come from when you're like hey Lawrence, let's hop on here let's have a conversation Gee, you know, you can call me anytime, right? Like my phone is on for you. Hit me up and we can have a conversation. But I have no problem coming over, coming on here for your following to kind of give them some it's information. Not for me.
0: It's not for me, man.
1: You're asking for a friend. I got it. Got yeah. it. So with that being said, my whole life, my whole career, I've always been investor first, right? So from day one, I was an investor. Then after a year of me trying to do real estate investing, um, I would get approached by people because I was doing real estate investing. I was a bartender and I also was trying to do conventional real estate. So came in, I was a bartender, started trying to learn real estate investing. So I'd work three, four nights a week. And then all my rest of the time, I was like, you know, locked in on trying to learn real estate investing. And Back then your boy, uh, when I first got started, the only thing that you could do was uh, like courses with CDs. Do you know what CDs are?
0: i've heard of them i've heard of okay them. at All the right. bank right you, you you're you talking about at the bank to to open up a cd account
1: no no exactly we're talking about compact disc back in the day no video only audio and your boy up in your neighborhood mr Legrand, yep. literally was a was the first introduction into real estate investing you only could go to ebay and um buy whatever you needed there was no like craigslist there was no Amazon, there's nothing like that. Like if you wanted something online, it was eBay. So I ordered this course and listened to a CDs and that's how I got going. So with that being said, um, I first became an investor. And then because I was talking about real estate or trying to talk to anybody I could about real estate, people were like, hey, I know you're in real estate. Can you help me find a house or sell a house? They thought investor meant agent. Yeah. And I was like, actually, I'm just an investor. And then, after I got asked a couple of times, I'm like, you know, let me just go get my agent license because if I could like sell a couple of properties that way and just make a commission, I can make commission plus try to do like this investing thing plus do my bartending thing to try to build up, you know, some capital or whatever, some money. So that's what I did for years. Like I was literally just hustling, like working 14, 16 hour days. Like it was crazy. Some days I would bartend from like eight at night till. 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, I'd have to take a client out at like 9 o'clock that morning. So I would sleep for like three hours, wake up, shower, drive over to this thing, come home, take a nap, go back bartending again. But I was always an agent and an investor. Like it was always, hey, let's talk about real estate. What are you looking to do? Because I knew that if I could make a commission here, you know, sell a $200,000 house and that six $6,000 commission or whatever, that would help me along my way. So yeah. uh, I did that for a number of years and I never say it should be an or investor or agent. I think it should always be an and. I think there's ways for you to have you know, multiple verticals. And I think there's a tremendous opportunity because you, me and you were just talking about your marketing budget and how much should you spend in marketing? Well, a great way not to really worry about your marketing budget is if those leads, because the reality is, is 90% of the deals that come across our desk, we're probably not going to purchase. We're not going to do anything with. They want full market value. They're not ready to sell, whatever it is. So with that being said, you could take those same leads, repurpose them to a few agents you don't have to have like this crazy big team i know people that do but um you can repurpose those same leads so if you're spending i don't know 15 20 30,000 a month in marketing and you're able to at least have agents you know close a couple of those deals you're able to you know share in the commissions if you have a real estate license so yeah uh, basically i think that it's a great idea for people to you know at least have one or two really good people but the key with this is gonzalo is the hire because if you hire someone out of convenience and not because they're the right fit or they're hungry or they're a hustler or they're able to um uh you know be coachable then i think you can find yourself in an uphill battle and most people hire out of convenience as opposed to finding the right rock star agent and why would people uh, want to join your team. One main thing is you're going to be giving them listing leads. If agents go to any other team in town, no one is giving them listing leads. They may give them some rank dink buyer leads or whatever, right. and we're not about referrals people think oh I'm gonna get a referral I'm just gonna go show up and they're gonna be like oh yeah here take the deal.'" that's not how it works like you have to learn how to work these leads yeah which means if you're gonna try to build a team you have to have some type of onboarding process and training so that you can help these agents be successful because most agents um are not going to be successful as much as I love agents the reality is is 85 of them just aren't good they got in the business for the wrong reasons And there's a good 15%. And it's very challenging to find someone that's going to come in on your team. Not saying it's not doable, but you really have to be a strong leader and they really have to buy into your system. But the listing leads that you're spending all this money on, the big issue is most agents, they're not going to spend money in marketing. Why? Because they really don't even have the money to spend in marketing. So if you're spending 15, 20, 30,000, whatever it is, and you have listing leads coming in, And they literally can take those leads and work them and follow up follow up they have a great opportunity of getting that listing and that will give them a nice base pay where they could be working your leads and everything else and then still going out and getting their own book of business in addition to that so i think it's just such a great opportunity and understand this what i'll tell you is you don't need a huge team what you need is two maybe three killers that can go out and really work these leads and have them in-house where you know that they're in there working because most people say they're working and then they're they're not
0: yeah so I'm, ha- I'm happy you you brought up a couple things about realtors and you said them not me right oh but, uh, 20
1: years in the business I've I've seen it all I work with them I've sell sold thousands of properties my my own properties and so I have to deal with them so that's how I know meaning conversation when properties were dealing with the sale of a property and right. purchases like before this, like I used to for years, uh, I haven't done it in a long time, but take people out, like list people's properties. Like yep. that was me for a long time that would go on those appointments and meet the people.
0: Right. So, so you, I want to dig in on a couple of things that you brought up. So, being the right leader and the onboarding process, right? So, that's always been my challenge with doing something like this and also like the timing of the lead, right? So, Coming into this, I want to I'm trying to think of retail, what would make what would win deals on the retail side, right? Because we've always been like, oh, well, if we make them an offer, they're not going to take it. But we don't want to hand that off too soon because we might follow up with them in, you know, in a month and then get the lead then. But I want to think about it as it enhancing or giving the retail the op- the the best opportunity. Right. But like on that lead handoff. And then the onboarding of bringing those realtors in or a realtor, right? Just to start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like my attempt for this in the past was I, you know, I, I'll meet an agent and they're like, Hey, let me work your, your dead stuff. And I'm like, dude, every time I do this, it never works. And they're like, no, I'll, you know, I'll work up. So I go into my system, I download a bunch of stuff, but it could be old stuff. You know, it could be people that we haven't talked to in like three months or, six months or whatever right and two things is i don't i don't know if they're working them the right way but i also don't know if that's the right way to go about it right the lead mm-hmm. handoff and stuff like that so how how would you as a realtor or uh, to be able to attract the right realtor for them to have success right because i don't want them just calling me so with, I, yeah.
1: I think you have to on um, i think you know once again it has to be the right guy or the right girl, guy or girl. Actually, I love the women because they probably have more personality. There's more sociable for whatever the reason is. Yep. And what you, as an agent, you need that empathy. You need to the outgoing personality, whatever. But I totally understand your thing. And you've been skewed a little bit within your business just because you were buying stuff or locking things up at such a high uh, right. ARV because you knew you could sell that asset off or whatever. But the reality is, uh, normal times you're buying at 70 cents on the dollar minus repairs, or maybe 75 cents. So if someone wants, you know, if they're calling up and they want 200,000 and that's what market value is, and you know, there's no way you're going to pay market value, then you could absolutely pass off that asset. Or if they want 190 and market value is 200, then maybe you pass off that asset immediately. Your guys can still work it. You know, once again, like until that guy actually gets the listing, it goes on the market or you see it's on the market, then, both people are working it. So you can have the you know realtor and I tell them, hey, I'm gonna pass you off to an agent that we think that we could totally get you you know buttoned up or whatever uh, and get your property listed, get it sold within you know uh, you know two to three months, 60, 90 days. like I think that's a great you know quick little story that you can tell them to get them interested. in yep. the meantime because even if the agent calls them up they're, oh, I don't know this, that, whatever, your guy can still be working that lead. If got it's closer it. within 20% of where you guys need to be at, maybe you don't pass that lead off just yet. Uh, but there's that there's a difference in the two. You understand me?
0: Yep. Yep. No, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So if you got to be at 140 and they're, they're at like 160 and you guys like at 140 or or 170 maybe you still keep that in-house and still work it but if they're at like 190 185 and you know you're too far away maybe you're not going to do that deal so maybe you you ultimately pass it off and that's kind of how i would look at that and in the meantime like my goal is i want to have an agent that's committed to coming in the office and working and actually putting in the time so someone that just wants to work from home or this or that like I want them to be out in the streets on listings or on showing buyers, whatever, but they would have to, I want them to be close enough where they can come in the office and be working the leads and follow-ups because you have to put things in place so that they can be successful and letting people do whatever they want. They will be a victim to their own vices sometimes and they won't do the work that's necessary. So it's finding someone not just says something, but actually is willing to do it. And that talks about onboarding and hiring, like, are you going through like company like team architects, my boy, Eddie, Eddie and um, Steve's company, and really understanding does the guy have not only the the personality, or the guy or girl have the personality, but the cognitive and some of the things that takes and making sure you're putting the right agent in the seat, so that they can be successful in that position, not just like, Oh, my gut says that this is the right person or this person is available like that's not what you want to do you want to hire with intention
0: right right
1: so as far as
0: onboarding and, and I've been
1: a victim and I've been a victim of this like for so many years like I've done it wrong every which way you can right and at the end of the day now I don't bring anybody on without being super intentional with that person
0: yeah no that makes sense and so as far as onboarding right as far as being able to, work these realtors. So my also my challenge with this is I've always been able to do what I'm hiring this person to do. And as me bringing on somebody who's going to take on these listings, I can coach them and train them and all that. But I've never done it. Right. Like I've never got I don't know like so and maybe this is just a, a, a limiting belief in my mind right but it's just like I don't know how to do this shit if they're gonna ask me how do I fill out this listing agreement like I don't know dude call your broker right uh um, then
1: you're then you're not the right person to do it that 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 may be the okay. answer at yeah. the end of the day so if you really were looking to bring on a small team or do something like this I would try to bring on the person that is like a team leader to come And say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give you these leads or whatever for you to work. And another thing is we're going to try to recruit some additional agents. And for you to be able to work with them and train them, we'll give you 5% or 10% of whatever they make so that they're incentivized to help build this team and work with them because they're going to get a rip off of their commission on every deal that they do. And now you have someone that you can bring on and, you know, they can work your lead. So I would do something like that or um i would do something like that i know you're not trying to pay like a salary but that's another thing pay like a small salary plus give someone a percentage of whatever deals and they're overseeing that and managing it and doing all of that stuff and you're not on it like don't try to show up and think you're gonna teach someone and it's not highest and best use of your time like it could be right. frustrating sometimes uh you know trying to train people and you spend all this time with them and then it doesn't work out and they're out the door so for you especially i would probably try to outsource that and bring someone in that you know has some experience in that got
0: it so as far as commissions splits right so like what would make it lucrative to a realtor right um to work these leads right what is that proper split or or maybe just a suggestion right Cause some so people probably a suggestion,
1: if you're providing the leads for listings, once again, listings is totally different than buyers. Like listings, if you're good at conversion, that's the big thing. Just like acquisition reps. Like yep. if you're good at conversions and you can lock up a deal, like friendly voice, build quick rapport, understand what the person's needs and set up that appointment so you can go meet them in person to look at their property, do the listing appointment, you have a great shot at locking up that deal at locking up that listing and listing. The key is to list it at the proper price. That is the key to all of this whole thing is making sure if they're looking to sell it, because I know you're marketing to motivated people, people that have some type of motivation (laughs) that need to sell, then you have a shot at if you list it at the right price, the property will sell. So that's the whole key. And as far as commission splits, um, I would say maybe like a 50 50 split for anything that you provide that they lock up that you guys split it like 50 50. And um, yeah, I would say that I, I would say that that's probably a decent split. And if they're on your if they're on a team and they bring anything in because once again, um, I have a team so they're actually on my team, then sometimes if they bring in whatever their deal is that they bring in, Uh, we can do like a 70-30 split or something along those lines. Where, uh, And then another thing is uh, I have my license that's hung with REMAX, which is a big national brand, and that brings a lot of um, brand recognition in itself. So um, a lot of times just for the conversion process, when we're trying to convert people quickly and people need to sell their place and they hear a big name, whatever the name could be, it could be REMAX, Keller, whatever it is. uh, I just happen to be with REMAX for you know a very very long time just because it's been easy and um they give me a super sweet deal and at the end of the day um i think that really helps with the conversion as well when you're trying to convert someone quickly it's just it's just one less thing you have to explain if you're like hey i'm with first choice whatever yeah and that was a company that i used to work for like i don't know a long time ago uh they're like oh who's first and now you have to make this other explanation or whatever so a lot of times you say uh, you know you have a good name behind you and it makes it easier to convert that
0: deal i got you no that makes sense so as far as what you have going on right now right uh yeah. what, what what is it that you're how, how do you spend your day
1: how do i spend my day um my day is typically spent um i have multiple businesses that are going on and fortunately i have a great team that uh handles a ton of it like michelle is my right hand person at this point in time i'm in the process of hiring a coo for my company uh so that's another that that's actually a big thing that's going to help out as i start digging into some of these other businesses But I spend most of my day problem solving. Like if there's something that comes up in the business that needs the owner's attention, then Mm -hmm. that's typically what I will do. Uh, Sometimes I'm underwriting deals for my acquisition reps. Uh, When I say underwriting deals, like if there's something because we don't wholesale a lot, we'll end up, you know, actually purchasing the assets. And uh, a lot of times I just want to underwrite it to make sure before I cut a check out of my pocket that, you know it's an asset that we will actually purchase. So I underwrite deals. I spend a lot of time um, as a leader of the company, uh, talking to you know my team members and the, the people that are there. And, and from a leadership standpoint of view, making sure that uh, everyone is ultimately doing what they need to do. If anybody has any questions, uh, then they're able to meet with me. But I typically spend a pretty, my day's pretty full Um, sometimes I may have to go out to the property here and there to lay eyes on it because it's actually pretty funny. Um, when the market was just crazy these last couple of years, um, you could lock up a deal. Like even though we're purchasing it, just look at pictures and know that, Hey, we'll purchase this asset. And no matter what, even by the time we closed on it, the market was going up a little bit. So if there was any mistakes or anything that was made in there, like the market normally corrected it. Now, in this moment in time, you don't have that same option. So um, and some of these wholesalers that are sending over deals, uh, their information is not telling the full story. Yeah. And we've ran into that a couple times. So with that being said, we're just very cautious on what I'm purchasing right now. So sometimes I'll drive out to an asset and take a look at it and make sure it is what we think it is. Right. Um, I still really love Airbnb, even though it's a it's a. It's a headache in a way because of the management am i boring you gonzalo no 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 night, new baby oh, wait new baby have, late I night
0: a, i have a three month old bro i've been up eight oh. times last night
1: <laughs> dude i know the world that you are in right now dude enjoy it man like yeah my son is so big like i try to hold him and he like is like dad what are you doing and i'm like yeah. just let me hold you son and my he's i remember three, when he was like this old is big
0: how old's your son
1: uh he's about to be four in april We're okay and yeah, uh Yep. it's okay. literally the best thing all i'm going to tell you this right now all the achievement that i've done in my life whether it be in sports whether it be in real estate and investing whatever it is my number one thing is being a dad and raising my son like yeah. it, there there is nothing like it i love it love it love it and uh it just keeps on getting better the older that they get
0: all right? that's what and i hear too- I hear and
1: they're teenagers. I hear that that's going to be a little bit different story, but right now I love the phase that he's in and he still thinks daddy's awesome and great and all this yeah. stuff. So we really get to, to hang strong, but no, I get where you're at. So I apologize. I, I know you're, you're yeah. having, and, and you're doing it. You're doing a lot too. It seems like, you know, the market's shifting. You got this newborn. There's a lot of, a lot oh, of yeah. things going on in Gonzalo's life right now. Huh?
0: Yep, Like you said, dude,
1: um,
0: you, you never, remember the times when you're coasting and everything is chilling whatever right these are the times like I'll, I'll look back and be like holy shit!" when i had my first kid i was doing this and i was doing that and the martin the feds raised the rate as i was getting uh going to to labor and all this and it's it's, it's going to be a great story it's going to be a great story it
1: is man i remember uh when my son when um my son was being born that was at the time where i was like, super locked in and focused, And I had multiple businesses going on, I had just wrote this book, like literally, like, uh, he was not even born yet, I had just finished this book. And then what I had realized, which I'm going to caution you on is just making sure you have some type of balance in your life right now. Yeah, and you and you find space to enjoy uh, this journey. I mean, there's time to go really, really hard. And then there's time sometimes to just pump the brakes, slow down a little bit and make sure you're actually enjoying all the things that are going on around you in your life, especially with your newborn and uh, taking care of mama as well, because obviously it's a lot of transition for her. So uh, very, very um, interesting time that was, I actually started rolling out a coaching and mentorship program at the time. And immediately as people started like, Hey, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. I signed up these people. And then I realized based on everything that I had going on, it was hard for me to fulfill what I had sold. So I had to kind of shut it all down, but now I'm just in a different moment in my life. So I think we're about to, I'm about to run it back up again, but that was something that was really big that I had to make a real conscious decision and make sure that I wasn't being pulled in so many directions. I wasn't given anything a hundred percent at that moment in time, I focused in real estate and it's real easy to do this in this business. Right. So like, there's all these ideas, all these things you can do. And it's like, I'm one person, like I have to like pick something and let me go deeper in that thing because they, um, I heard this at our last boardroom. Um, and I've heard this before, but it just reminded me again, when I just heard it, it was like your your next million your next million dollars is in your current business, not uh, in other areas. No. So uh, that was so something that, that was that, huge. I, that resonated
0: with me was the the growth of your business is already inside your business. Yeah, yeah. That, that was huge for me at, at the last border.
1: It's already there. You got to go deeper, and you gotta you gotta literally keep on peeling back the layers and looking at all the angles and seeing how you can monetize most people are over here and over there and doing all these different things and it goes back to just because you could doesn't mean you should sometimes right
0: right right. so um we 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 were in the in the talks of what do you have going on what's next so i want to bring up what you just brought up so you are gonna be rolling out a consulting program
1: yeah so um essentially i think i will and it starts with building personal brands so in my business right now just like there's a moment in time for everything so in this moment in time i'm in the process of hiring a coo so to take over some of the operations daily operations and in the same token i'm hiring a videographer and um and photographer like to come in and oversee kind of the marketing and making sure that we can have in-house content being built and running that up as well so uh you know, more personal brand stuff, because I think that is just, you know, if if in this business, I'll tell you, there's sometimes where I'll look back and go, if I could just do this or do that. And you never want to have regrets, but just kind of reflection moments yep. when I was building up my personal brand four years ago, my buddy Los was managing it and. Um, Like they always we always well i always laugh when i see them because i see them pretty regularly the whole crew los rowdy all of them and they're like man if you would have just kept on like building a person we're on a crazy run at the time and uh it was just a moment in time i focused on the real estate did freaking amazing and did all these cool things but it's still i think it could have been an and as opposed to like an or so nonetheless um i think that's going to be something that we that i'm going to be hitting up here pretty soon but for me it's important to put the proper pieces in place before you just go do this thing you want to make sure that you have the proper you know system built to support that the good foundation so
0: right oh that's awesome man that's awesome so yeah. you're, you're going to be getting into i want to
1: consult though consult right. like if i if i do anything it'd be consulting people that you know have businesses that are up and running it's like hey let's take you from six figures to seven figures let's take you from what you're currently doing let me make some, you know, tweaks, changes, whatever. As you know, I've been, you know, um, helping run the boardroom mastermind uh, for I don't even know, maybe five years or so. Yeah, and um, it's been a great joy. It's something that I've really, really enjoyed being a part of people's journeys. I think at the time that I had met you, I think one of the key things that you did is you hadn't really been holding on to any properties at the time. You were so busy right. transactional. and i remember i looked at you i was like the one thing i would do is probably hold on to a few properties here and there and i think you heard that message throughout that weekend as well from other people and i think you started holding on to some properties and i think you know it's been such a short amount of time you really can't look at those properties until give it another five years or ten years then we'll look back at this conversation and be like damn like that was the wise move because most people they are so transactional they forget to invest they're investors that don't invest it's like you (laughs) got you're going to be an investor you have to do that one thing which is invest but some people they're just looking at the the quick profits the quick hits as opposed to actually taking that profit and actually investing it which is hard because everyone wants to buy the bigger house or the nicer car or the nice watch or all the other things and then um you know the market shifts and you know you're in a different space but if you invest that's going to be the thing that's going to carry you long term right,
0: right and i know you mentioned you know it hadn't been that much time but even now right with everything going on like the market shifting and us having to take control of the team again and, and you know figure everything out um you know the 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 small portfolio that i do have has gives me a little bit of peace of mind you know what i mean if something were to happen i'll sell a house i'll sell two And i'll be fine for like a good amount of time you know what i mean yeah it's it people don't realize
1: how much it comes in handy until it gets through some rough waters or whatever and then they're able to you know if they have to live off of some of that income or whatever the case may be it's insurance it's a backup plan but most importantly you know all the taxes all of the you know positive cash flow all of the equity bill there's just so many reasons why it's important to make sure you're holding on to a few properties. That's actually you know, one of the things that I look back and say, if I would have just held on to a few properties, which is why that conversation came up with you yeah. is like, if we look back and go, damn if I would have just held on to, you know, there's years where we're 60, 80, 100 properties. And if you would have just held on to two or three, that wouldn't have meant nothing. Like where would the portfolio be in this moment in time? And And right now, the thing that I'm probably most passionate about Gonzalo is building wealth. Mm. It's, it's building wealth, like building wealth is how you're going to sail off into the sunset. And if you're not transactional and being super disciplined in your spending habits, especially you at a young age, uh, you know, it could really be easy to get up because social media, everyone's trying to, you know, flaunt and show the big house and, everything. and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a moment in time. But the issue is it's too easy to compare yourself your three years in the business or five years to someone that's been in the business 20 years that's been investing. So they, their residual income is paying for all of this stuff versus someone that's trying to, you know, keep up and I just flipped this house. So let me go ahead and put $20,000 on whatever And in running a business. There's a lot of expense that comes with it. So. You know, being able to run a lean business and live live within your means or below your means, so you can save, so you can invest.
0: Correct. And most
1: people are making enough money, but the problem is, is they're just not saving enough so that they can invest. They're spending. It's like, oh, I made this, let me spend this.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then, wow. and then Uncle Sam comes around and and takes even more. So <laughs> people find themselves when you have to, you know, write those checks sometimes at the end of the year. It's like, wow.
0: Oh yeah yeah no it's it's every everything you're saying man it's so true and i feel like especially right now with with social media you you get caught up in that chasing the 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 bigger the more deals the more volume the the sexier house the the nicer car and investing your money kind of forces you to to be broke not 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 broken in a bad way, but just like yeah. I can't go and buy a nice ass crazy house right now because I I just bought two rentals and I needed the money to do that and so I feel that's
1: like, sexy. I mean that
0: right that's, right
1: right. Like I'm doing this and that and you, some dude shows up. Yeah, I got a hundred rentals. You're like, damn, like like it's that that is the thing but once people start falling in love with the wealth building it's just that it's not immediate you don't see it immediate and too many people want that immediate gratification yeah. and uh i mean social media is a blessing and it's a curse right you can use it for such great ways and great things you could totally use it and but then you can get caught up in it as well and at the end of the day everyone's on their own journey at the end of the day so um and none of there's no right and wrong it's like you want a car and that's the thing you've been going for forever then go get it you know if you're in the right point in time but I always caution you know um people like you which you know are still kind of newer in the business and shifting your business that I always caution you uh with stuff like that which I don't think that I mean I don't see you being like that but nonetheless just something no someone at least should say it to you if no one does
0: no i i agree and i and i and i feel like that's one of the things that i that i love about you man is is um i i know what it's like to have a lot of knowledge and experience in in the short time that i've been right in in the industry i know what it's like to have years worth of knowledge and then see that person who is about to go through what you just went through and you're just like, dude, let me just tell you these three things. And um, one of the things that I love about you is that you you always share those things with me, right? All the time. It's just like, hey, remember, you're a certain age, so you have to make sure you do this. Or, hey, you're doing this in, in this business, you have to make sure to do that. And so I feel like I am an individual who I know that because I'm in the situation where if somebody who hasn't done 100 wholesale deals, I will tell them how to do 100 wholesale deals. And if they don't want to receive it, then it's like, dude, you're like, I'm I'm not telling you this because I want to benefit from this or whatever. It's because I literally know what you've gone through. I've, I know what you're about to go through. And these are the two things that I can give you. Um, and so every time you give advice or anybody that I that I look up to, right, I take that and really internalize it, right? Because you're telling me this for a reason, right? No matter what it is, um, you know, most most people don't, and especially in the environments that we're in, they don't give advice just to give advice, right? You give advice because it's, hey, I've been through it. I've seen it. I've dealt with it. I was there and came here and went here and went there. And so um, one of the things that I love about you is that you know exactly you know the exact advice to give at that to that person that they need to hear and and i know and i'm going to say something that i know you know is is right but sometimes you say the advice that that person needs that everybody in the room might not agree with right and and, and i know and i cuz i'm i'm a i like to think i'm a smart individual right and i'm always I'm always analyzing everything. And so, one of the things that I've analyzed about you is that you give the advice that that other person needs to hear. And a lot of times it's what that person needs, but it's not what they think they need or it's what the room doesn't think they need. And so, I've I'm always been
1: three, four, five steps ahead because most people are thinking this one problem. Right. And I'm thinking like, yeah, but if you do that, it's gonna lead to this and lead to this. So the real, you know, four layers deep is really this is what you need to do. And then just trying to get people to not trying to do anything, I'm just giving information. At the end of the day, people can do whatever they want. Yep. But I will tell you, I've it's the funny thing is, is just because I've been in the business for a while, except I look so young. Yeah, it's really hard for people to put the two and two together. Like, oh, shit, this guy's been in here for 20 years. And that's a long time. Like you were six years old. When I was starting this business, like that's a long freaking time, you know, so uh, that that is and I don't want to I don't want to give the popular advice. What I want to do is I want to give the advice that I think is going to be the right advice. They say, you know, one of the things I've always lived by is they say a a good coach can change the outcome of a game. Um, and this, and this, what we're talking about, good coach can change the outcome of a business. A great coach can change the outcome of a life. And my goal is always to change the outcome of people's life at the end of the day. And uh, that's always the thing. And what's crazy about you is that you have the ability to be able to find deals and be able to acquire deals at a discount. Now it's a it's a matter of what are you going to do with those deals in order to maximize your wealth at the end of the day and. Wholesaling them isn't it, I promise you that. There's a time and a place for it. Yep. And I think that it's a very good transactional, but you have to, people have to evolve from that wholesaler into doing other stuff. And it doesn't mean you have to go wholesaler to all of a sudden I gotta do commercial or multifamily, whatever you can, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, that I have to do this and it doesn't ever have to be an, or it can always be an and like, hey, I'm wholesaling. And oh, shit, this is a really good asset. So let me go and put this into my portfolio. Yep. And you do that enough times. You'll look up your daughter's going to be freaking thir- uh, 10 years old. And um, wait, is it a daughter or son? Son. Your son, excuse me. Your son is going to be 10 years old and you're going to have, you know, all these millions and millions and millions of dollars in real estate. And that's a really real thing. And especially right now in this moment in time with creative seller finance, you have all of the tools that people need in order to be uber successful, which means you can find a deal and you can lock it up at a wholesale price. What you do with it on the back end, you got to look at it and say, hey, what's highest and best use? But the the fact that you got the two main things up front, that's what I want you to take from this. And then you just have to look at this asset and be like, hey, what's the... How what's the best way I can maximize this particular transaction? But you really do have a very strong skill set. And I wish people out there understood that the name of the game is marketing and conversions. That is the game. On the back end, we can do all kinds of things, but right. on the front end, that's the skill set, and you have that. So that's a very, very cool thing. I I don't not that it's none of this stuff is easy by any means. It's like I always compare business to athletics, right? So yep. you could go watch a basketball game be like, oh, wow, that looks very easy. But then you put the average Joe out there with NBA players and yeah. they're running circles in them. And that's the same thing in this business. You put the average Joe out here that's just getting into business and, and we make it look easy. So right. because we lock up these deals, we know what to say, how to say it, where to take the conversation, do all this stuff, but it's because we spent all this time doing this, you know, all these years doing this. But it's not easy none of this stuff is easy but it's just, business is just like sports the best part about it though is our bodies don't break down our minds don't break down from business right, so
0: right.
1: at the end of the day we can do business for years and years and years and most af- most athletes their body will break down at some point and then they want to get into business uh so we're we're really in a fortunate fortunate space in this moment in time oh, i agree
0: um I, w- I won't take up too much of your time but i do want to ask you this uh, so you mentioned putting a, a lot of energy into wealth and loving the short-term rental space. So as far as the assets that you're looking at purchasing or getting involved with more, are they going to continue to be in that short-term rental space? Obviously not a or, right? But is there something like, no, I'm I'm going all in on freaking you know mobile home parks like or I don't know. Yeah,
1: no, I love the short term. So in a perfect world, this perfect world, this is how I see short term, is I see, I like buying the block. I like you finding a good area, and then you going, you know what, I like this house, and you know what, this other one's for sale down here, let me market to this area. Okay, this one, they said they're willing to sell, let me try buying this one, and building a portfolio <laughs> over time in the same area, why? management would be a lot more easier. So most of mine are in the same area Yeah. and all of them except one actually. And why do I love that is because uh, management's easier. If anything goes wrong, you have one maintenance person that's in the that area. Some people are like, oh, I want to buy one in the mountains and then this other one over in the beach and the other one. And I'm thinking, wow, from a management standpoint of view, that's a, it, no, it could be the, a challenge yeah so trying to buy them in the same area uh I love the short-term rental space however they have to be managed properly mm. The one of the biggest things that I've done and I'll share this with your with your uh, audience in short-term rental and this is something for you as well is that um pre-screening your guests yeah Airbnb, VRBO, these booking platforms, they they say, Oh yeah, turn on your instant bookings, you'll book more, you'll book more, you'll book more. What I want to know is I want to know who the I want to know who the guests are. And I also want to know what's the purpose of their trip. Why are they? Hey, Lauren. I think, I think the stream's having some connection issues.
0: All right. I think we're good now. Okay. Yep. So you were yep. talking about turn on turn off the instant bookings because you want to pre-screen them why are they coming into town who are they
1: yeah I mean mainly like what's the purpose of their trip you know if people are like "Oh, I'm coming in town for a bachelor party that's probably not the person right. that is going to be staying at my because they're not going to be I don't mind bachelorette parties so much but bachelor parties typically is like frat party yep. and you know it's the new bachelor party
0: I don't. The new bachelor
1: party is golf trips no golf trips oh, either <laughs> it's just like, as much as I love my dudes they do not respect the house and they don't respect what's going on so what I like and I even name my house is like tranquil family oasis or whatever is right. because I want families that are coming with kids that are coming hmm. to vacation that can respect the rules and regulations at a house and keep noise down and not disrupt my neighbors and things like that so that's a big key for anybody coming in. I can't tell you how many reservations I turn down just because I, I don't want, I already know what the the hassles are going to be. And that, I love Airbnb, but it has to be managed properly. Right. And um, I like them in the same place. But the one thing to keep in mind, and this is something where um, I literally shit my pants last year when these hurricanes came through Florida.
0: Oh, hell yeah
1: and was like
0: right to right to tampa
1: right right to tampa they're like hey so that's one thing that made me really like just open up my mind and although they're all insured and all of that other stuff the reality is if a town or an area gets struck by hurricane unfortunately like the people down south of us Mm -hmm. like it just takes a long time for the insurance to pay you out for contractors for things to get rebuilt for people who want a vacation in those areas there's a lot of things that you know go through that kind of mindset of um, of a town. So, although I love the beach areas where I'm at, I don't love what just happened. So it's really making me rethink. Hey, where's my next place that I want to start buying a cluster mm. of homes? in? but fortunately, um, knock on wood, we were uh, we were spared through this last. Right. Um, yeah through this last hurricane but that's that's something for you and for your audience to just kind of keep in mind like we love the beach areas because it's vacation spots but especially in Florida there comes with some extra things
0: right no that's true I didn't even think about that so are you thinking about Jacksonville uh
1: does Jacksonville I think the hurricanes go right through Jacksonville as well like
0: like we, they get, come- we get lucky we get lucky
1: no, of course. No, I'm thinking like Arizona or something. Like oh shit.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm
1: trying to, okay. Okay. I got you. I'm, I'm trying to like get out of hurricane's yeah, way or hard. anything like that. Like I I love once again, I love the beach. I love beach houses. The reason why is like as a young adult, not as kid, because we could never afford anything like this, but like as a young adult or whatever, and I travel, like we like to stay in houses as groups and like on the water and have vacations and and it's just it's a really good time i'm not sure where i'm at with that yet but it is something that is on my mind and something for people to consider
0: okay have you uh have you talked with uh Fawad at all
1: um i haven't talked to him about this in particular i have talked to him at length about a, a lot of other things I and uh, i think he's a great uh owner operator and wow. um I love that guy. He really is a, uh, he really is a good soul. So
0: yeah.
1: Um, I have to chat with, I know he has several
0: in Arizona, right? Right, right, right. That's the yep. only reason why I brought that up. Yeah. Uh, so do you, so it sounds like you managers in house. Yeah. So fortunately I have
1: a team in house. So, um, we manage them in house and the reality is, and another thing is, uh, if they're all in the same place, like I'm at the point now where I just need to get one person that is boots on the ground in the area right. that can manage them all. And is there, I mean, we have so many things in place as far as management, like every time the house is clean, we have someone that's in the area that goes and walks the properties and makes sure that the cleaners are doing, there's just so many little layers on top of it that you want to you know, make sure. So what I want to do, honestly, is just I'm at the point where just hire one person to manage the Airbnbs. Like they have to live in that area, but their whole job, is just to handle anything that goes on with these properties, which in reality, I think it's probably a 10 hour a week job oh, or a great job. yeah, yeah. No, it's not, it's great, but we just have to have the right person with you right. know, once again, this comes down to you know hiring with intention, not have convenience and making sure it's the right person that's customer focused on top of is a cycle where it comes to OCD and making sure everything is buttoned up properly. So you know, every, every business has its challenges. Every business has its thing that, you know, you got to work through, but I mean, I love it. This is, you know, it's, it's all part, it comes with all the experience. And, and once again, these are the reason why going back to the very beginning of the conversation, circling back, why we love masterminds and why it's important wow. to be a part of masterminds and get coaching and mentorship and consultants, because this will shorten your learning curve. If you think I'm just going to do this Airbnb, or you can talk to someone that's been doing it at a high level for years and years. What do you think is gonna shorten your learning curve and save you from losing all kinds of money, making more money, doing all the things properly as opposed to, you know, dealing with a bunch of headaches. Like it's it's a literally a no brainer if you're serious about business and you wanna be intentional.
0: Right, right, I got And
1: you. if people wanna link up with me- That's always, what I was gonna say. So, always um, the best place is Instagram.
0: Instagram, Instagram. okay.
1: Yep. My Instagram handle is the, T-H-E, Lawrence, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Malloy, M-A-L-L-O-Y. So the Lawrence Malloy right on Instagram. If you follow me, uh, most people just direct message me if they have a question or whatever. Um, and we just link up and we you know have a conversation. So that's always the best. Awesome.
0: Lawrence, thank you so much for doing this, man. I know we're coming up to the time I want to be respectful of your time I know you're a busy man got a lot going on so thank you so much for doing this being an open book I feel like we we went into so many tangents that can help out so many people um and so repeat your Instagram one more time it's the T-H-E
1: Lawrence L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E Malloy M-A-L-L-O-Y so best way to reach out to me is the Lawrence Malloy right on insta but Gonzalo real quick did you tell the audience that we are the boardroom beanbag cornhole toss champs the last one
0: I did not
1: I I thought you were gonna show up wearing your necklace like me and you so so listen (laughs) the the best story gonzalo so you totally forgot about that we should have had the we should have the picture flash up on it with our yeah. chains or whatever I'm,
0: I'm gonna i'm gonna make it happen I'll, okay I'll the, it award,
1: happen. But the best part is everyone was talking all this shit, right everyone a lot of shit talking going on because it's a big thing at our at our boardroom event about this uh competition and you win award whatever but my man gonzalo the night before goes out and rolls out of a golf cart shows up day of the competition with road rash all over his body looking <laughs> like a gimp and next thing you know we crush the competition and the, my favorite is people talking smack and I'm like listen my man rolled out of a golf cart last night
0: that's me and and uh, Lawrence with our uh cornhole chains
1: dude that that was so great uh
0: Dude, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Wow. It's so true dude. We, we, are, we are champs. Are you going to be in um in Bahamas? Bahamas?
1: Yeah, for sure. I love like So, I love these events. I love going out to to these events and using it for work and business and um and then also being able to my favorite part is traveling with my buddies being able to go and do some cool excursions and adventures so what we need to do is we need to see if returning champs can be partners again Uh, so that we can take on all defenders so remember that the next time we go we need to see if we can take on uh as returning champs we can defend our title
0: dude that that's gonna be awesome so Lawrence, thank you so much for doing this man i'm sure the the listeners um tuning in are getting tons of value and guys if you're listening make sure to reach out to my man lawrence he's an open book um, on ig and if you tuned in late or didn't really get to watch all of this make sure you rewatch this on our youtube channel the cash geeks network guys i'm g and this is the cash geeks network peace